The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey, everybody. Welcome once again to Afternoons with Mike Heard Daily here on the Shepherd Radio Network. And with me today, a return visit from an evangelist, Caleb Wampler. Caleb is based out of the Orlando area. Kingdom Encounters International is the name, the banner that flies over a lot of the work that he does overseas. And man, I'll tell you, this guy has a lot of vision and Goal setting already now for 2023. Welcome back, Caleb. Hey, thank you so much, Mike. I love being here. I think this is our third time now. I do believe you're right. Yeah. And, you know, I I saw the, I guess, the information about you. And then I saw that you're kind of local. And I thought, wow, this is not the kind of guy that I, I would think of living right down the street, but you kind of actually do. And and yet, when I say local, meaning to Central Florida and in the Orlando area, uh, that is not the scope of your ministry. You're all over the world. Yes, sir. We've uh, done ministry now. I've been in about thirty countries, and uh, we we have we do preach in Florida churches mm-hmm. as invitations come. But our ministry is predominantly in the nations. Now, tell for the listeners that may not have heard some of those earlier programs. And they may not be familiar with your ministry. I know you were discipled into this by some names that people would recognize. Yeah, so I was a youth pastor for years and felt a calling into evangelism, and I couldn't uh, figure out how to break into the evangelistic world. I didn't know God was calling me, but I had never seen mass evangelism. And I had an invitation and an opportunity to be an assistant to evangelist Daniel Kalenda who is the successor of Reinhard Bonnke in the Ministry of Christ for All Nations. And uh, in their ministry, 79 million people in 79 years, uh, just in, uh, an incredible life legacy for evangelist Reinhard Bonnke. So I walked the halls every day, uh, was serving evangelist Daniel Kalenda for three and a half years, and in that time just received impartation in ways I, I don't even know how to express. Sometimes you have to catch things more than you're taught things. That's and, uh, right. Yeah. That's what happened for me. More is caught than taught, as the old saying goes. Now, Daniel started a church in the Orlando area. Yeah, they they have a thriving church. As far as I've been told and understand, it's one of the fastest growing churches in the nation right now. Nation's right? church, yep. Wow. Yeah, and I've met a few people that I know that attend there, and they seem to really love it. So is he still doing his evangelistic work on top of being a pastor? Yeah, they're doing uh, evangelistic crusades. In fact, they have a school of evangelism that uh, I think when I was there, there was many people coming around wanting to learn evangelism. And so at the time, it was just, you know, evangelist Daniel Kalenda, evangelist Reiner Bonnke, and a few apprentices. There was about six of them in the halls. And so they decided, you know what, let's go after a vision to see the billion soul harvest come by equipping thousands of evangelists globally. And so that's the work that they're focused on. In addition to their crusades, they're still doing their mass crusades and uh, obviously the church as well. Now, when you say mass crusades, I I think a lot of people in America, if they try to uh, put something to that, they would come up with a tent revival or a tent meeting. And that used to happen a lot more frequently in the U.S. than it does currently. But these things are still going on massively and there's no tent big enough to hold the crowds that you're, you've seen in other countries. And, and it is still going on there, right? Yeah, so the tent meetings uh, happen infrequently in the United States. But uh, overseas, a tent definitely would not hold. In fact, some of these mass crusades we're doing, a stadium will not hold. Yeah. You would, you would think of a massive stadium. Well, let's find the biggest place in town at seats 30,000 people in the football stadium and but uh, it's certainly not American football the soccer stadiums that's right yeah. 30,000 would not even come close to fitting the 100,000 or 200,000 that are in attendance and so uh yeah we are when i say mass evangelism mass crusades we're talking about as far as the eye can see to the horizon now when you think about people's attitudes toward that kind of thing and maybe even what they surmise 
happens at a mass evangelistic event like that. What are the common things that you hear? The common questions, whether they be skeptical, whether they're curious, uh, whether they're unbelieving, what kind of things do you hear? Well, I often will hear things like, does that actually work and does it still happen today? Because we think from our American perspective that uh, so often you don't see mass crusades in America, but globally, uh, people are willing to travel for something that is real. So they're looking for something real. They're asking the questions, would that work today? Well, just look at the pictures. Yes, obviously it works. You can see by the mass amounts of people that have come that obviously it works because people are there. Then the, the second question is, well, what kind of impact can happen in a one night, two night, three night or four night event? Uh, you know, how does that actually impact lives? And uh, the question then becomes about the discipleship, you know, well, are those people actually going to be uh, touched or impacted? You know, if you get them saved in one night and then they all fall away the next night. And yeah, so right. uh, people will ask those types of questions. And so it's it's really been my heart to look at Ephesians 4, 11 and through 13. It talks about the fivefold ministry. It talks about until uh, the fivefold ministry is operating, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, and they're coming together, that unity will not happen in the church. And that is the prerequisite, uh, one of the prerequisites for the fulfillment of Jesus and what he is doing in the earth. And so uh, we need evangelists working with pastors. We need pastors working with prophets and prophets working with teachers. We have apostolic leaders in these nations who who people are who are respected that uh, that have coverings of hundreds and thousands of churches that are connected to them and are able to help have established discipleship methods in discipling the pastors. And so, uh, so yes, I cannot go live in every nation in the world. I cannot be in every nation in the world, nor should I, because as the body of Christ, we have to be working together. We have to be fulfilling our offices and operating in that. And so that that's another question that often will come up. And the, the third one I would say uh, is, uh, well, what happens in the events? You know, uh, <laughs> like, like if you get them all there, like, would they really just come to hear the gospel? The answer is yes. They yeah. are looking for something that is real. And they came from a little farther than just a block away. Oh, it's so true. Some of them will travel for even days coming across uh, the, the the public transportation, will walk uh, because they just want something that's real. And that's where the healing and the miracles uh, are another conversation to talk about. But they want something that's real and they hear a story that if they can just get to this meeting and hear the message of Jesus, then they're going to have an opportunity to be prayed for and to experience real miracle working power from God. Now, you see all of this, and you see the, the things that God does in the middle of those meetings. I've seen the videos of you at work, man. It's, it's amazing to see. And people can find that, right, by going to your website and also yeah. going to YouTube. Yeah. And uh, the name is Caleb Wampler. That's W-A-M-P-L-E-R. And f see some of the things that Caleb sees, because you've got a camera guy that's right up there on stage with you, and yeah. you're able to. He, we're able to see what you're looking at at that moment. The mindset. I want to talk about that for a moment. You talked about people walk, and I know, having done some missionary work myself, not uh, to the degree you have, and nor have I been at a mass crusade that would even parallel anything that you're talking about, but. The mindset of people in other countries, like, uh, you know, maybe you can give a few details on one of your la last trips, but the mindset of these people, it is something where they're coming, they're hungry, they're desperate, they're faith-filled, they believe, and th this mindset produces results. They, they come believing that the God that you're preaching is able to do what you've just said he's able to do. Oh, and, yeah. And what the Word of God says he's able to do. It's it's so true. Um, the Matthew 5, 6 says, Blessed are they that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be fulfilled. Um, uh, James 4, 8, Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. There is this there is this pursuit where if we, um, Proverbs 25, 3, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter and the glory of kings to search it out. There's something about the pursuit and the hunger of pursuing God uh, of, of, of looking for something that is real, looking for purpose in your life. 
and people when they hear the stories of something far away it sounds more exotic when a foreigner is coming you know mm-hmm. versus a local event some a foreigner from a distant land of america is coming to our nation and they're going to tell us a, a message or there's a festival or we're going to be giving away certain items or or free food or giveaways or sometimes that will draw people in but they are looking for something real, and so there's a hunger in their mindset that says, if I go after this and I put my faith to this, that something maybe could happen and my life could be changed. And so there, there's a pursuit that I am going to go after this in these other countries, even if they aren't even Christians. A lot of them are Muslims and Hindus and atheists or tribal religions and uh, they're just, they want to know something that's real. And maybe, why would they search for that? It's because something in their current state is not fulfilling them. Right. It's not filling that hole in their heart. And they know there has to be something more out there. You know, when you think about it, if nothing else, it's just the hopelessness that people have in their heart when they don't know the Lord. I don't know how anybody makes it through life without knowing that there's a God. Lord have mercy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know what I'm going through right now. And I think if I try to put myself through things uh, with my friends, we've got friends that are going through incredibly difficult things. And uh, there are plenty of circumstances that if we didn't have hope, if we didn't have a knowledge of God, if I didn't know the gospel story, I tried to, and, and you know, I'll be honest with you, Caleb, I don't think I can really adequately put myself in that mindset because of the fact that I do know the Lord. I can't really pull that out of my equation of my mind. But these people, uh, I traveled to some states. I've been in uh, two uh, nations that were surprisingly uh, hungry for God. I did not think when I went there, I'd find that because they had nothing. They had nothing. And I'm thinking, I think that, wouldn't this not be true? The typical American mindset would be angry when they have nothing. But I think I would bet that uh, many of the people that you meet are, the, are they're just hungry and they're desperate, but they're very open and humble. Yeah, they're very open. They're very humble. And the thing is, they're, they're very content. They, they, they know what they have. They're happy with their lack by our definition, but they're, they're, they're content with it. But yet something in their spiritual man is crying out for something that isn't satisfying them in their current situation. That is so good. That is so good, buddy. I, I, I really appreciate the faith. Let's talk for a moment in the balance of this segment about the motivation in your heart. You're a youth pastor in America. You're serving this way, and you're you're being influenced, maybe even in ways you didn't at first realize you were, but you're being touched deeply in your heart by these guys that are doing these other works beyond that. I think a lot of people would just, uh, who have a heart for ministry, they'd be very satisfied. They'd be very, uh, maybe even resistant to change the opportunity of being an American youth pastor uh, in order to step out in faith the way you have done. Because when you stepped out to do this work, it wasn't like everything is guaranteed to be a rose and easy and <laughs> trouble free you stepped out in, onto a cliff of of desperation yeah i uh my parents when i first uh <laughs> they were living in minnesota at the time and uh my, i called them and told them you know we're going to do this we're going to go for it we're going to launch and my mom said you know if it doesn't work out you can come live in our our basement here in minnesota because <laughs> because no one in our family's ever done anything like this now my parents love the lord i honor and bless them they fill me with faith every day but the idea of being a missionary evangelist or heading out living by faith living by support and and hoping that 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 maybe we're going to make it and have dinner on the table sometimes you know and and then on top of it fundraise crusades that are tens of thousands of dollars like more than more than anybody in my family had ever made in a year in their life as an annual salary and now that's the cost of our crusades i mean my parents were were certainly uh, a little skeptical at first on that part but they saw the call of god and they knew god was doing something there and so uh, as we stepped out and begin to see uh, god meet every single need um we decided we were going to just make this a mandate that Every missionary we were supporting, we weren't going to stop supporting them while we were also trying to be a missionary. And uh, we cut everything out of our budget at the start, but we said we're going to keep supporting the missionaries because that seems like 
it would be treason in some type of way spiritually to mm. to to stop supporting missionaries when we are going to go su- be a missionary ourselves. When so. I are one. <laughs> exactly. So it was a beautiful thing watching the hand of God meet that. And then as you know, every time you take a step of faith, yeah. uh, that new uh, floor, be- uh, that new ceiling is now the floor of your next step. So it keeps getting bigger, bigger, bigger. And uh, now we are seeing hundreds of thousands of people come to Christ and are, are believing God that by the end of this year, we will be at, uh, past one million people that have come to Christ. And, and uh, that's under your ministry since it began, right? Yes, in uh, under six years. That's, wow, that's amazing. So you have as your kind of bullet vision statement to give opportunity for one million people to come to Jesus during 2023 and to connect them into a local partnership churches. And I think that's a, a significant role uh, in, in this whole process of reaching all these people. You mentioned it earlier, having something for them to do or to go and or to be a part of uh, once the crusade's over. Because life is not a crusade. I mean, we all know that, right? I mean, right. you can't keep the crusade going, nor can any one person ever live all the time on top of the mountain. Exactly. The valleys come, so life is going to come and return. But the goal is is to have a local church in that area. Yep, and uh, we we are so happy to partner in every crusade with directors that we are partnering with that are are seen as uh, established, almost apostolic figures. They're they're connected or working that way through church planning. That's their passion is discipling pastors and discipling leaders. Right. And so as we find that in every region we're working in, we're, we're proud to say that thousands upon thousands of churches are, have been planted and connected in relation to the Crusades. Because as you know, if you have 100,000 people get saved in a Crusade, you certainly want to make sure you've got the church support, the new pastors, the pastoral uh, support and investment into them to be able to carry on that fruit and continue discipling these precious new converts. Now, one final thing before we take a break, Caleb, you mentioned apostle, and I just want to make sure to all of our listeners that are hearing, they're they're not talking, we're not talking, Caleb's not talking about apostle in the same sense of the word of what Paul was. It would be a wise master builder with apostolic ministry, meaning he's being sent, like the sent ones. That's what the word apostle really implies. They're being sent to oversee churches. Would that... Be, would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, they're people that are, are gifted. They have that almost office or anointing on their life to facilitate, oversee, plant uh, the sent ones, obviously, but they're, they're able, as Paul did, to oversee the churches and continue providing leadership and support to churches. Um, obviously, Paul's letters went out to many and continued to uh, oversee leaders and establish leaders in those pastors and churches to continue seeing the discipleship take place. And I think it's important to point out that that word is used in Ephesians 4.11. And uh, so that's, it's not something just for the first century church. It's a gift that is still going on. And I think just understanding the difference in the nomenclature is important, uh, that we, we don't go beyond what is actually being implied there. And I hope that helps those of you that might have been tripped up at that word because it's a word we should be comfortable with. Caleb Wampler is my guest. We'll be back with him in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike. Palm Beach Atlantic University, Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, yes, and yes, visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855-481-9095. 
Segment two with my friend Caleb Wampler back for the third time. I really love sitting down and getting to talk with Caleb for a number of reasons. Number one, he's out there doing this thing of taking the gospel and God has graced him to be able to do this in some of the most amazing places in the world and of some of the most amazing amount of numbers of people have come to be part of your your crusades that you put on uh, out in these places. And so with all of that, there is a special grace. You use the word, I love the word anointing. There's like the oil of God that's come down and it's flowed over your life. And uh, that that is so exciting. We talked about in our last segment, closing it out, uh, the role of apostles and prophets evangelists. Now let's talk about that word, which is the word, that would be the moniker that you would really see yourself as. Uh, That role is helping bring the gospel light to other places and equipping others to do the same. I, I would have to believe that faith to be used of God has to be one of the big fruits that you've seen in your life. I mean, that's gotta be right. Yeah, it's so true. And we have seen, um, we we actually just met with our team recently and we were trying to identify what are the three things that are really uh, that people find when they come around our ministry, come around our lives and run with us for a little bit. And uh, contagious faith was was amongst those three things mm-hmm. because it was anybody that comes around us suddenly begins to believe for the impossible and and begin to see it happen in their lives, whether it be healing, miracles, gener- generosity. We've seen so many giving miracles take place because people stretch their faith in that area. We've watched God just really, really expound people's horizons with faith. Mm-hmm. Now, in the 50s, when these things were really commonplace, these meetings, large tent revivals, I'm thinking of the Oral Roberts, A.A. Allens of the world, uh, we saw that a lot here. And then so often, those figures fell out of public, uh, let's say public favor, for lack of better understandings. <laughs> they fell, um, perhaps maybe because of failings on their own part or whatever. And there seems to have settled in, in America, almost a little bit of skepticism. Uh, you know, you mentioned that your own parents were a bit skeptical. Uh, do you think that, that, uh, the current thing that's happening in America, uh, is making people even more skeptical to, to what you're doing? I think it Americans generally are skeptical by nature. Um, but I think it's oftentimes because we we have access to freedom and all the resources of the world at our fingertips and and a simple text or typing of a button, um we think we know everything. I mean, oftentimes we go into doctor's appointments as if we already know everything before actually hearing the no. uh, opinions. Of those who have learned to practice medicine a little bit more frequently and intentionally. In <laughs> Might their be just a little better trained. Huh? Exactly. <laughs> and so, you know, we we can find anything in a second. And then because we read one article on it, we're an expert um, versus just allowing uh, the Lord to do something powerful in our lives. You know, we want to write everything off. But so often that's why we forfeit what God wants to do in our lives, because we think we have him figured out. And I, I do have news for you today if you're listening. You can't figure God out. <laughs> you can read his word and right. see his principles, right. but it, you know, if you if you have a piece of paper and it represented all the knowledge of the world and you put one pencil point on that paper and said, This is what I know, I mean, you're not even close <laughs> right. to what God knows. And that, that pencil point's not even a representative of how accurate it is of how big God is, you know. Yeah. But uh, there is a a bunch of people who are skeptical, and we're praying that God would open eyes. Uh, The current mood in our country right now is not at a great place. We need, wouldn't it be great, Caleb, if everybody in America that's angry, that's upset, that's fussing about all the things that are wrong, that their hearts would be open and they see the simplicity of the gospel, the way the people that you minister to see it. Yeah, I love simply going into a crusade, and and sometimes the first line is, you know, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, <laughs> and something so simple, and the first verse of the Bible, it's like, he did? <laughs> yeah, right. There's that beauty in just accepting it and learning it, the truth of God's word, and letting that come alive in a heart. It is powerful, and 
Uh, and, and oftentimes we're like, oh yeah, I heard that verse before. But did you really let it impact you? <laughs> did you yeah. did you sit and read it and just meditate upon that day and night for a little bit? That the God of the universe actually created all things and then he actually wanted you to be a part of that and he had a plan for your life and a purpose in the scope of eternity and what he's done in this world. I mean, right. it's powerful to think and just to have that childlike faith and, and innocence almost to what he wants to do. You don't well, have to be the boss and figure it out. Just let him do that. And I think that's a lot of what Jesus is implying when he says, suffer the little ones to come. I mean, that simplicity, childlike faith is a blessing to God. And just because we're no longer children, we can still get that level of childlike faith if we open up our hearts to the Lord and say, Lord, uh, I believe, help my unbelief. And I think in ministering to America, we really have to take that approach, don't we? Yeah, it's true. I, I've been in meeting after meeting after meeting where uh, where I'm in situations like this, and it's just, let's take the experience off, leave it at the door. Let's take the knowledge off, put it at the door. Let's take what we think happened or what we think we're perceiving is happening. Let's leave it all at the door. Let's just come in and say, God, I want to meet with you today. Yeah. What do you have for me? And I'm not, I, I, I don't, I'm not even going to ask questions about it right now. I'm just going to let your love pour out over my life and let your uh, uh, favor, your blessing uh, pour out over my life. And I'm just going to receive whatever you have for me, however you have it for me. And whatever that is today, I'm a, I want to walk in that and, and activate that when I leave the service with my friends, community, wherever I go today, to let your love that you deposited in me now flow out of my life. I often will say, if God can flow through you, he will flow to you. And uh, that, that's one of my favorite things to that's say, good. because yeah. if we will just be willing to give what we've received, then he will now meet our needs and fill us and take care of us as well in the ways that we're needing. But we have to plant seeds and sow our, our encouragement, our lives, our prayer, the things that we do have, even though they may seem small and meek, uh, and let those powerful seeds be a blessing of harvest in somebody else's life. I remember being in a class, I think it was at RTS, and it was uh, the dangers of presuppositions. You know, we all can come into any meeting, whether it be a Sunday morning service or whether it be a small group or it's just some other time of hearing somebody speak the gospel. It is possible to have such a lens, if you will, that is functionally our presuppositions that we've built up or placed up all around us. And they serve as a wall. And those things can really either a keep us from seeing the truth or filter it in such a way that where by the time it gets back to our brain or through to our brain, uh, we miss the real heart and point of it. So it is it is really great to lay those things down. I like that statement. If he's able to flow through us, he's able to flow to us. We can, in spite of these presuppositions, we can see the truth and yeah. the truth can set us free. And it can be simply starting small. God, I don't even understand it. I don't even know how this works. And I don't even know if I even believe it right now. But but because you say it, I'm going to do it. Yeah. You know, Mary pondered these things in her heart. You know, it's that it's that just, you know what? I don't have all the answers and that's okay right now. But I just want to take an act of faith because without faith, it's impossible to please God, you know. And, and and take a step into encouraging somebody or, or or meeting a need in someone's life or whatever it may be and watching God meet you. And it can simply be just responding to what the pastor's saying in a church service. It can be listening to a, a podcast or a radio interview like this and just, you know, pausing for a moment afterwards and saying, God, I, I, will you meet with me right now? I, there's something in this. I don't even understand it, but I feel like I feel something different right now. There's your presence is here. And I want that in my life and let God do it. Now, speaking on that, because prayer is so important to everyone, it's important in prep for a big meeting, but I think it's also important in our daily lives when it's just the Lord and us. What what uh, thoughts do you have? Of what's going on in your mind right now with regards to prayer? Well, the the big one is First Thessalonians five seventeen says pray without ceasing, and that that's an area that would always trip me up because well I have to eat God I have to sleep I need to uh you know I, how am I going to do that while I'm working God I have to focus on my work and 
there's that there's that uh, ability to connect with God when I realized it was a a, a con- being connected with the Lord throughout your day as you go almost imagining as if Jesus were with you next to you in your car while you're driving you know right. while while we're here in this interview while while you're sitting at your job place whatever it is like he's with you all the time and if you think of it like that you can just talk to him as you go you know God I just got a text right now it bothers me a little bit but how would you have me to respond right now? And, and interacting with him, engaging with him in that way, um, it's a powerful way to, as you go throughout your day. But as you do that, your faith builds, uh, you're, you're encouraged, you build yourself up in the Lord. And, uh, and, and when moments come that test that, you're now stronger to, to withstand the pressures, but also to bless in the persecution as well. Uh, so it's, it's a powerful, powerful place to be connected with God as you go throughout your day. You know, when I think about uh, the books uh, that I've read, one book that we're going through right now, don't know if you've read this or not, Gentle and Lowly. I, I highly recommend it if you haven't. It's really, really wonderful because it really opens up, I think, the mind of a believer to see that God loves us, not on the basis of our performance, not on the basis of our deserving um, in fact, there's room in his heart and mind, as the author of this book talks about, uh, for us uh, to receive from him in ways, because that's his delight to pour out. That's his real nature. But we tend, don't we, in America especially, we tend to be performance-oriented, even in our prayers. We can feel that, well, I can dare ask God of something on a good day. When I've gotten up, I've had my devotions, I've had my prayer time, I was nice to my spouse. We can say all those things as almost like conditions that that meet approval of God, but it's His grace that really is the mat the the point in the matter. I uh, I just heard a story uh, the other day. Uh, Kobe Bryant, the great basketball player, who you know, uh, who has since passed away, um, but he kind of had that was known for that mentality in a different kind of way about him. He just carried himself, uh, worked harder than anybody else. And uh, anyways, he he was talking about in his high school days when he he was in a game uh, and he he hadn't scored any points for like five games in a row. <laughs> and you think it's impossible to think that as one of the greatest scorers of all time. Yeah, right. And his, his dad came over to him and he said, he said, uh, Kobe, he said, if you score zero points today, I love you. If you score 60 points today, I love you. Uh, and, and he said when he said that, it, it, it's like it gave him that ability to know that he could fail. But when he heard that, he then went out and scored points <laughs> because he knew that even in the failure of not scoring, he was he still had his father's love. But then also went out to go, you know what? Because I have a safety in that, I, now I'm going to go play like I know that I can. Right. I thought it was just a beautiful example yeah. that we can apply to our lives. It changes even our mundane tasks if we know that, if we have that in our heart. And I know that you have to be, it has to happen to you at times where you're out there, you're in another country. I'm, I'm looking down at your list. Uh, I don't know if you're going to hit all of these nations this year. Yeah, this Bangladesh, year. Pakistan. Brazil, the Netherlands, Tanzania, Colombia, and India. You're going to be in all of those nations this year? Yep, and Pakistan will be there twice. Oh, my word. So when you're out in these places, and I know you're human, you, so I'm, I've learned, yeah, I think you are. Yeah, no, I, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm definitely human. <laughs> <laughs> you're human. How do you fight then? Those kinds of thoughts that come that tells you, uh, you you blew it in a conversation yesterday. There's not going to be anything good happens to you today. How do you deal with that? Yeah, I I've um I've had my fair share of failures and the big and the small by human standards. To God, it's all the same. We all fell short, uh, and we need His. The wages of that is death. But through Christ, the gift of God through eternal life is Jesus Christ our Lord. In that beauty of it. And, and coming to him saying, God, um, I am not, you are. <laughs> and uh, there, was, there was a beautiful vision I actually had uh, the other day. Maybe I can share that. It's like a, a dream for those the viewers that maybe aren't familiar with having a vision. Um, but it, it, Joel 2 talks about in the last days, God will pour out his spirit and, and provide opportunity for his young men to see visions. 
uh, old men to dream that's dreams. That's why I'm dreaming dreams. That's <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I didn't ever really have any dreams pretty much my whole life, but this year I started getting a few. I'm like, am I in that tweener part now? <laughs> but I um, had a powerful vision um, just, just a couple of months ago, and um, it really impacted me. And I saw uh, it was almost as if Jesus was in front of me giving me this robe of righteousness, and I was processing through some just some failures, some mistakes I was I was dealing with, and 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 I saw him give me this uh, robe of righteousness and put it on me, and I was like, how how could I possibly be having this with my my many mistakes and failures, and and in that moment, um, it was like it wasn't because of me. <laughs> it was he he held out his hands, and I saw the scars in his hands. And it, it wasn't because of me, it was because of him. That's right. Because when, yeah. when God sees me, he sees what Jesus did on the cross. And so there's a strength in that, not, not a get out of jail free card to just go sin and do whatever you want to do, but it's this beauty of relationship to, to, to lean into that, to genuinely repent and, and ask for the Lord to, to walk through your situations that you're dealing with. Uh, 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 that, uh, any conversation, any person, any issue you're having and repent that attitude and, and say, Lord, I turn that back to you. And that's that prayer part, connecting with God as you go. Lord, I, I really blew it there. Please forgive me. Yeah. I turned my, my attention to you. I, I'm sorry. Help me to be better in my next conversation with yeah. my next person. <laughs> and it's wonderful to receive his grace in moments like that. I heard a great story and illustration years ago about a young boy who was knocked off his bike by a bully. The bully just took his bike. And the little guy, young guy, no match for that bully at all, went back to his dad, told him what had happened, and his dad walked back with him to where the bully was riding the guy's bike, And he, but he asked the boy to go up. And you, he said, you go up. You say, give me back my bike. So the little boy does. He charges in faithfulness, in obedience to his dad, and went up shaking knees and all and said, you've got to give me my bike back. And the bully lifted his eyes to the boy but then saw the big dad who was flexing his muscles and pounding his fist in his open <laughs> hand. And he goes, oh, oh, okay, here. And the little boy did not see what was going on behind him with his dad. And I feel like that's a beautiful picture. We think that we're going up against the fight of the enemy to face our foes, to face our enemy by ourselves, but we're not. Standing behind us is God who is faithful is all-powerful. And we can say to the enemy, uh, give me back what is mine. And guess what? He's never lost a battle. <laughs> He's never lost a war. And if you're sticking with him and standing with him, you're going to be okay. I, I, did, I did feel to expand on this too. A lot of times with, with the, the mercy part, we were just talking about the repentance. Um, we often you know, think, oh, I only need to go repent to God when I have my big sin or my big moment and, and go to him for this big moment of repentance or something but sometimes i'll if i'm being honest with you maybe this will help you as a listener i, I repent probably 17 to 20 times a day mm. you know let's pick that up i'm up against a break we'll pick that up in the next segment this is mike with caleb wampler here on afternoons with mike on the shepherd ec waters air conditioning and heat serves all your comfort needs with over 40 years experience EC waters is a top trained comfort specialist earning customers for life with integrity no wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. Caleb Wampler is my guest today, and we were talking at the end of the last segment. I want to get back to that. I know you're not done, but uh, go ahead and finish sharing. Maybe set that back up again, if you will. Yeah, definitely. Just the concept sometimes when we go to God and, and, you know, I'm struggling through this or I'm dealing with this, we think we only go to him when it's the big one or the big thing that I did. But, you know, he, he wants relationship with you to pray continually all of the time. And when we have those mistakes, those things we're dealing with, I, I, I just said at the end of the segment, but I oftentimes will repent 17 to 20 times a day, you know, a lot of times more, sometimes it's less, but it's, it's that constant realigning ourselves to true north, you know. Sometimes I'm going 99 degrees, doing just fine, but I'm just one degree off. And that one degree, as you, you know, talk to an air 
airline pilot if you're off one mm -hmm. degree that's a big deal <laughs> you're gonna end up you know two three four thousand miles away that's on right. the other side of the world so that's right so it's just it's that constant realigning you know i think i handled that fairly well i might have been off a little bit on this part and mm. i don't even know what it is right now but god <laughs> i repent because i need to turn back to you i need to get this area right lord work in my heart so that next time i'm hitting true north and you know we're not robots and that's the beauty of the relationship with the lord it's it's a fatherly relationship. I father my kids. I have four of them, eight and under. And you know, I father my eight year old a little different than my six and my four and my two. But they're all in different stages, and I father them differently depending on what they need. Yet they all in their situations know that I love them, and and in that there's a beauty and a safety to fail. Uh, you know, if they make mistakes, but they also know that. There, there's the beauty and the successes and the joys and either way i'm gonna love them because it's not based on what they did it's who they are and that's that right my son you're my their daughter. dad exactly yeah and that makes a big difference when your dad happens to own the cattle on a thousand hills come on yeah that makes a big difference when our father our heavenly father and just one final word on them we we've got to realize that he is our father and that should not be diminished by maybe some people's bad examples of their own earthly father. That does not mean that they can never understand God as their heavenly father. And I think that's an important point too, right? Yeah. Amen. We, we have to understand that a lot of times we cast those issues, mistakes we've had with our dads and put that on God as if he's going to treat us that way. But God is perfect. He's loving. He knows exactly what you need. Just run to him in any situation. Um, don't, don't cast that on to him. He's there for you. You know, he knows what you need. He loves you. Well, you've got quite a dance card for the 2023 year ahead of us, including these nations again, Bangladesh, Pakistan twice. I see you're two times there. Yeah. Brazil, Netherlands, Tanzania, Colombia, and India. I have to confess, I've never been to any one of those countries and you're going to all of them in one year. So I hope you're getting some good frequent flyer miles here, right? I've got status in two airlines, so it does help sometimes. <laughs> That's it. And in addition to that, you're writing, you've got a new book. It's a booklet, you called it, and it's called Audience of One, Behold the Lamb. Tell us about this. Yeah, so this this came at a powerful moment with the Lord. And uh, during the time of COVID, a lot of times, uh, you know, pre-COVID, everybody's bigger, 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 bigger. And then our metrics for measuring success changed in in the church, the Christian community, really the world. Um, but what was success? <laughs> and and many times in the past, it was how many people attended something or how many people you know came to a meeting or and, and those things all got shaken as yeah. the world was shaken. Now we're saying how many watch the stream, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. What's what? Are, what are the analytics saying? So, but in in the beauty of that, the Lord gave me this uh, this theme and this message um, of getting back to an audience of one. And really, the the premise of the the booklet is imagining you're walking into a, 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 a this stage and you've got a performance and it's an auditorium. You know, it's going to be packed out. And you've been pouring your life message, the the thing that you feel like is your talent and your gifting, and you're ready to perform it, and you're going to display it for everybody to see. It's going to be viral. It's the moment. And you walk into that auditorium, and there's one person sitting there, and it's Jesus. And he's sitting in that auditorium looking at you. And your first reaction, you would think, and the natural would be, to be extremely disappointed because there's mm -hmm. only one person that came to see my my big performance, the thing I've been working so hard on. And yet in that moment, you're surprised because actually you're more excited than you ever could because the one that you always wanted to present for and present to the number one individual that ever could be, Jesus is there and ready to receive your performance and what he has prepared in you to display the talents that that you have prepared to give back to him. That's really and, beautiful. And so that's the mm -hmm. premise of the book. I go through scripture of just all of these places where the Lord actually trims the crowd and makes it smaller, and it's actually what he wanted. It wasn't about getting more and more and more. It was about getting those who he was intentionally trying mm -hmm. to pour into to understand the message. So stories with uh, Peter and the book of Acts and, uh, and Gideon, 
uh, and how the troops were were taken down, but really breaking that down a little bit. What does that look like? Even blind Bartimaeus and others. So there's some powerful stories in there. I know it'll really encourage you. Well, it sounds great. Who's Watching is the uh, heading on the back cover, and it is uh, a booklet that is out and you can uh, grab hold of this book. How do people get it? It's on Amazon, or you can go over to our ministry website, kingdomencounters.us, and you can find everything there. You know, having that mindset has got to be something that you keep before you, especially in your case, when you step out on some stages and you look out and it, there's a sea of people out in front of you. That, bring us in on that. What happens to you in that moment? What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so the the beauty of that, and this is where my first book, uh, Hunger, I, I hit on this a little bit, but it's that that concept you would think of, hey, this is my entire life's mission is here, and I go out onto that platform, and there's 100,000 people, there are 200,000 people, and 300,000, and you're like, this is the moment, uh, like, I've arrived, I've, I'm fulfilling my destiny, God is doing something powerful in my life, and you would think, you're like, look, Lord, at what you have done. And, you know, you think you're going to have all those kind of thoughts where is it pride or is it personal or you're, you're wading through it, you know. And the beauty of it, and this had to happen prior to any of those big meetings taking place, the beauty is the most important thing, the most precious thing, isn't that meeting where all those people came to Christ. And he who wins souls is wise. And, you know, that's why Christ came to redeem the world that mm-hmm. none would perish and but he cares about my heart in that moment and making me more like him and the beauty of that intimacy and relationship with him than he does about me going and preaching to a mass crowd of people that are going to come to Christ. Now, he'll use anything. He'll even use unbelievers to bring people to Christ. Uh, you can see it in scripture. But but in that in that possibility, in that moment, the beauty is that the most important thing of my day was that was that moment that I spent with him before anybody even knew that nobody ever saw. It's that audience of one moment where I just poured my life out to him. I spent time with him. He spoke to me. We're in relationship. We're, we're having that secret place intimacy mm-hmm. and, and carrying that throughout my day. And I, I will tell you this. I often come back from crusades and the services those nights, and I will get on my knees by the bed or I'll lay on my face and I'll just weep. And I'll say, Lord, thank you for the souls. Thank you for the miracles and the paralytics that are walking. Thank you for the blind seeing and the deaf hearing. Thank you for cancerous tumors vanishing on the spot, for demoniacs being completely set free. Like just watching your light shine was so beautiful tonight. And I thank you for for using me to be a part of that. But Lord, thank you for you. Mm-hmm. I love you. You're you're the prize of my day. Mm-hmm. It isn't even that. And and the beauty of that is when you can get your focus on that in your life and that's your number one, then everything else just plays out. Because my, that, my calling and commission isn't the Crusades. It's relationship with Jesus. And I think keeping that straight would help us all, whether or not we are, and certainly I'm not doing what you're doing, and I would wager to bet that most uh, people that are hearing this have never even done that, although I think most of us have envisioned standing on a stage and maybe speaking, those that are uh, either youth pastors or pastors have envisioned, wow, what would it be like to have a sea of people like what you have done? And uh, I just appreciate your heart, man. You're very humble. You don't come in here. There's not a haughty toddy thing about you. And I appreciate that. And I, I really mean it. And your texts to me have come uh, at points where you're just bringing an encouraging thing like, hey, thinking about you, praying for you, uh, that really means a lot, I think, to the people that you reach out to like that, uh, because of the fact that we are, all of us are in that point of serving an audience of one. We just don't realize it. Yeah, I'm convinced that we in America can become anesthetized because of what we see as going on around us. And uh, there is something wonderfully simplistic about traveling on a missions trip or going on one of these overseas trips where you see people not like you, you see people living under communist rule, or you see people in extreme poverty. We're talking about third world poverty here. And they are more joyous in their heart. And it catches Americans. It caught me by surprise because I'm thinking, how in the world can that be? How can they be happy I thought I was going to be coming in here to tell them about joy and peace and happiness. 
and we're the ones that walk out. I mean, that's got to happen to you too. Oh yeah. I, I, I learn of, I try to learn of everybody in every situation. You know, what am I learning today from, from this person or that person or in an interaction where you're seen as the authority or the mentor or the leader, but it's like, what, how can I learn from even the way they ask the question or how can I learn in this situation? Is there something they're noticing that I'm missing? It's a blind spotter. And the beauty of these people is, you know, and so often they, they convict me because they have pretty much nothing by our standards. Right. Nothing at all. Yet they're so content. No, but they're still willing to acknowledge that there's something I, I don't understand and that I'm missing, but content with all of the material items and all of the even just simple things like food or places to eat or quality of food, you know, it, it, you're, you're blown away at how simple and, and happy they are. And I, right. I've even learned that even with my children, you know, like I, I yeah. learn from my kids every day, just the way they interact or, huh, you know, like, I, I don't think I've thought about that for a long time because yeah. placing my eye, my, myself in their shoes and, and learning how they are. I mean, if they're the ones most likely to receive the kingdom of God, then how, how can I learn from my kids while still leading them and parenting them, obviously? So it's it's beauty. Just, you know, always learn of everybody. Everybody can teach a lesson in your life, mm-hmm. you know. The book Radical by David Platt talks about the value that we all get in living our lives as if we were on the mission field or as if we were out in the evangelistic field, like what you're doing. And if we could just take our days the way that you have to take them when you're over there. And even though you're seeing these amazing things, I know that there there's a great deal of responsibility that is fatiguing that goes along with that as well. And we're praying for you, man. What, what your next trip, we've got just enough time. Let's tell us that. We've got about a minute left. All right. Yeah, I am so excited to be going to Bangladesh in March and Pakistan in April. Uh, we have mass crusades there. Looking forward to the Lord moving powerfully. Through those two crusades, more than 130,000 people will hear the gospel in those two crusades. So yeah, wonderful. looking forward to it. Uh, And how can people learn from you? What's your website? KingdomEncounters.us. And we have a thriving YouTube channel and uh, Instagram evangelist, Caleb Wampler, W-A-M-P-L-E-R. And you can check out all these miracle videos and everything we're talking about. And it really is fun, friends, if you've never done that before, to go to Caleb's YouTube channel and find uh, and look at some of the things, and you'll go, holy cow, That I didn't realize that was still going on, but uh, the, the Word of God is alive and well, Amen. And, and we need to live like we know it. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Caleb, thank you for being with me. Thank you for being my friend, man. I really appreciate you. I'm extremely humbled to know you, Mike. Thank you. Well, God bless you. Friends, thanks for being with us for yet another program. We'll see you next time right here on The Shepherd. <music>